cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi, I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 20th, 2009. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll find hundreds of hours of talks I've given, trying to fill out the, the histories of the big institutions and the movements that work together to bring in their form of a managed utopia. So I try and give you lots of shortcuts to understanding what's really happening and why certain announcements come into the newspapers. It's not because things happen spontaneously. It's simply because it's time to get another part of the agenda out into the, the workings of the public through administration and policies and, and all, all the rest of it. Plus, I try to go over the books written many years before these policies were ever heard of by the public and the think tanks, etc., using the national books they published themselves for themselves mainly knowing the public wouldn't read them because nothing really is kept secret from the public if the public wants to look for it the media itself fills in a, an intermediate position your job is to feed little bits of data to you in a certain format so that you'll think that everything that's happening the road we're on is all quite natural also look into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts of these talks which you can print up. And they're written in the various languages of Europe. You can also keep me going by buying the books I have for sale, the CDs, DVDs, and so on, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Or you can, you can help me out by donating through PayPal or personal check in the U.S. and Canada. And you'll find out how to do that, too, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Today I was on another show in British Columbia uh, talking to people who are probably politically, politically active, I'd say, and who think they're kind of informed. But really, most people who just get their stuff from the general media never really realize that whatever debate you're given, to debate amongst yourselves, that is, both sides of the debate is is passe, it's over and done with by the time we're given the topics to even argue about amongst ourselves and that the agenda already was formulated years ago and that they've been implementing these very things that we're still debating at the bottom that's how the world is really managed and I was explaining to the, the host that global governance they're using the term governance not because it's a happenstance word it's because governance means a rule by experts, not democracy. Experts will rule the world, and I mean rule, not serve the peoples, to do with rulership of the natural aristocracy, those who have proven their wealth and held on to it for generations and have accumulated it, and who really are called the institution, the dominant minority, as Huxley called them. 
with all their millions of servants in academia who train the next batch of hard workers along a specified, predicted, prescripted course. They give them their reality for their generation. They start them off early, even in kindergarten, programming them for the changes they will find quite normal in their lifetime. It's almost like an, uh, a form of Plato's cave being upgraded all the time for each generation. That's how the world is managed. You see, that's true governance. Your reality is governed all the time. And I'll be back with more on this topic after these messages. through the matrix. Just before I go on with tonight's topics, I should remind people too that uh, lots of discs are burned and passed around. Lots of people download stuff and never look at the site. And for those who end up getting discs and wonder how to order or how to donate, you can write a personal check if you want with an order to Alan Watt, W-A-T-T, site 41, box 4, Estere, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P-3-E-4-N-1. That's P for Peter, 3-E for Elizabeth, 4-N for Nora, 1. Years ago, I talked about how a dominant minority who already owned a system and an empire at one point. Now it's a much bigger empire, of course. It's almost the planet. How they never share or give up power and how they always project just like long-term business plans. And that's how big corporations run. They go 50 years for 100 years for investments and their plans are written ahead. Geopolitics, everything is factored into them. It's the same with running the world. Now remember the UN was set up to be basically a parliament of the world, eventually the parliament, and all of its branches would be brought up to their full power, the IMF, World Bank, etc., and dish out the money or the credit to the entire planet. It goes on and on. Every law that comes down the pipe to your nations comes from the United Nations initially and signed into law. Standardization, the first plank was centralization of government in every country, the next plank was to tie them all together through treaties and eventually to amalgamate them into blocks with parliaments, sub-parliaments that then would become under the dictates of the world's parliaments. Written about 100 odd years ago, the parliament of the world, the parliament of the world. Shelley wrote a poem about it in the 1800s and Truman used to quote that poem and every major speech that he made, when the guns fire no more, etc., and it comes down to the parliament of the world. Big, big dominant minority group behind it all. And they, they rule us, and they give us our realities from generation to generation. I've also said, too, and I've quoted from articles 
that were written in the 60s and 70s to do with a coming information age that was given to the public that was already used and built up by the military-industrial complex. Brzezinski talked about it in his book, Between Two Ages. Now, he was up at the NSA at the time, so he should know. It has many purposes, but one of them was never to free the people. to be used as an incredible tool of data collection. And using light television and repetition of different topics or the same topics or phrases, again, it would be used to condition the public into their opinions. Until, really, they'd be addicted to it and could never do without it. That's the intent. Because you will go cashless eventually. And it will be used as a form of social approval and disapproval if they cut you off the nets. You won't be able to do your banking, get money to pay your rent, etc. Bertrand Russell talks about this sort of technique to be used in the future. And it's coming now. Cloud will come in and that will take over and be the one for the planet. And everyone will rush into it thinking, my God, I don't have to worry about spyware or viruses or upgrades. It's all done for me out there somewhere in the big cloud. And the cloud eventually will be censoring your emails and, and actually popping up windows to tell you, are you sure you want to use this word, this politically incorrect word in this email? And it might give you a little list of fines or punishments, etc., etc. This is all planned, folks. That's how you do it. And also, you see, they could never, ever have allowed Bill Gates and Windows, Microsoft, to take the world lead. Bill Gates, everything parted like the sea for Moses. Everything parted to allow this one corporation to be the main, the main guys who deal with all info for the Internet age. No one could go against them and sue them. Everything stayed, everybody stayed clear. Why is that? It's because you cannot allow free competition when you have total control. And you plan to keep total control. Anything in technology and science must be under the NSA and the military-industrial complex. So therefore, Bill Gates is part of the military-industrial complex, was from the beginning. Very simple. Very, very simple. Those who studied the Soviet era said the same thing. I found the same thing. They, they said that those who will win the future will be those who have the highest technologies. It's a war of sciences. Therefore, you could never give it to the public and allow interlopers to come in with their own systems that would bypass the military-industrial complex. It would defeat the purpose. Quite simple. And it's the same with everything, because in war, you look at food, water, energy, everything. That's all part of modern warfare. When they go into places like Iraq, first thing they do is they blow up all their ability to sustain themselves, water plants, purification plants, food factories, crops if need be, everything. That's all under warfare. Which also means those big corporations who are pushed to the front and have big political clout, who are telling us, oh, we all have to go GMO, green, are part of the military-industrial complex. No competition, you see. One way, and that's it. And again, just like Moses, the Red Sea parts. 
and they just skyrocket right through there. Nobody touches them. No judge in any country will go against them for what they do. If you're caught with some seed that's blown off your land or a bird's pooped it out, and this is literally in the Canadian records, you're guilty of having their seed. You will be punished. They won't be punished for contaminating your fields with their seed. Military-industrial complex. Big plans for us in bioengineering our food, because food is also a weapon, ultimately. And this article here, and remember, I sometimes quote sites, too, that I'm sure are in the greening and part of the whole agenda, so you must always discern for yourself. You find little bits here and there that are worthy to speak about, at least. And this is from the Union of Concerned Scientists about the GMO crops. Now, I've already read articles before how the GMO crops, this, this savior of all mankind, is putting countries under because they're failing in South Africa. They're failing all over the place. And elsewhere, it's one-third less yield they're bringing up. So here's the Union of Concerned Scientists. It says here, failure to yield, evaluating the performance of genetically engineered crops. Since for years, the biotechnology industry has trumpeted that it will feed the world, promising that its genetically engineered crops will produce higher yields. The promise has proven to be empty according to failure to yield. A report by USCS expert Doug Gurian Sherman released in March 2009. Despite 20 years of research and 13 years of commercialization, genetic engineering has failed to significantly increase U.S. crop yields. Actually, it's gone down a third. I'll get into that. It says it's the first report to closely evaluate the overall effect genetic engineering has had on crop yields in relation to other agricultural technologies. What they mean by traditional te- technologies, not splicing in the genes. It says it reviewed two dozen academic studies of corn and soya beans, the two primary genetically engineered food and feed crops grown in the United States. Actually, it's all through everything now. Based on those studies, the, this UCS report concluded that genetically engineering herbicide-tolerant soybeans and herbicide-tolerant corn has not increased yields. I'll tell you what it has increased, though, is an awful lot of poisons. It's in the plant. It's in every cell of the plant, and you're eating them. They know this. Insect-resistant corn, meanwhile, has improved yields only marginally. The increase in yields for both crops over the last 13 years, the report found, was largely due. Any Any increase at all that was there in any area was largely due to traditional breeding or improvements in agricultural practices. So in other words, they're telling you traditional stuff works. We all knew that. But this part of the military-industrial complex has got incredible powers. Remember, they signed a secret deal with Canada, the Canadian government, the elected government. Ha, 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 ha. They kept this secret from the public for 10 years that they were feeding us this stuff. It was in the carrots and it was everything. And they were watching our health, the health of the people, not telling us. And by a fluke, we found out from a leak from Britain. Then it was blasted all over the news here. And they came out in the mainstream papers yesterday to sign secret deals with Monsanto. That's military-industrial complex. Well, who's the enemy here? Hmm? So the U C 
CS report comes at a time when food price spikes and localized shortages worldwide have prompted calls to boost agricultural productivity or yield the amount of a crop produced per unit of land over a specified amount of time. Biotechnology companies maintain that genetic engineering is essential to meeting this goal. Of course they will. Monsanto, for example, is currently running an advertising campaign warning of an exploding world population. You see, it's all part of the same system. Overpopulation. We're the only solution. We are the saviors as we're all dying off of weird cancers, etc. Everybody's allergic to everything now, too. So the killers themselves are saying, we're the saviors. Let's go do more of it. That's all. I'll be back with more after these messages. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article from the Union of Concerned Scientists to do with the failure, as far as yields go, with the GM crops. And as I say, it says here, uh, Monsanto's currently running an advertising campaign warning of an exploding world population and claiming that its advanced seeds significantly increase crop yields, which is untrue, it's a lie. Australia's having a heck of a time. Because, you see, the old seed that was hybrid through hundreds of years of people splicing things together and so on, the splicing, normal splicing, ended up having good seeds for localized areas, for the climate, etc., dry periods and, and wet periods. This stuff doesn't, it can't do it. Like one shoe fits all, doesn't work across the world. That's why the same big boys, the military-industrial complex, by the way, are, are hoarding all these hybrids from all over the world, grabbing them and taking them up to that place off Norway you store for the future. See, food is a weapon, and you're going to see it used that way over the next 20 years or more. It says the UCS debunks their claim of increased crop yields, concluding that genetic engineering is unlikely to play a significant role in increasing food production in the foreseeable future. Everything's put forward today through fear, fear, the, the, the terror of nightmares. Remember that video, the terror of nightmares, the fear of nightmares. They use this scenario to get everything through in this global agenda, and it all works together at the top. The biotechnology industry has been promising better yields since the mid-1990s, but failure to yield documents that the industry has been carrying out gene field trials to increase years, yields for 20 years without significant results. I disagree there. I think they've had fantastic results because folk are sick and dying all over the place. How much pesticide can you swallow in your life? Incredibly potent stuff. I've seen them use these particular chemicals along the railroad tracks and along where electric poles go across. Nothing will grow there. Nothing. It's mud for years. Everything dies. This is the stuff they spray on their herbicide-resistant crops. Kills everything off except the one that you're going to eat. Well, guess what happens when plants, they soak up the moisture from the ground. Guess what it soaks up with it? 
take a great detective to figure out what's going on. So I'll put these links up at the end of the site, uh, the show. And last week and many times before, I've talked about the increasing official statistics, or it's probably worse, to do with people getting asthma. Asthma's normal now, you see. Everything's becoming normal. All these diseases are suddenly normal. They get asthma in their 30s and their 40s. And they're allergic to everything. I read an article last week, multiple allergies people are getting. And it's normal now. And doctors are telling them that the young ones getting churned out, you see, they're being upgraded too for a new era. They don't know the past or statistics in the past of diseases. So they think it's all normal. We're all keeling over with all these diseases, and it's quite normal. This article here is from the Mail Online, 16th of April, 2009. The tiniest piece of celery can leave me gasping for breath. Rising number of children allergic to fruit and vegetables. I wonder what it could be. Why suddenly? According to their theories of millions of years of evolution, we're adapted to the food we eat. Could it be the food has been altered? No. By Daniel Martin, soaring numbers of children are being diagnosed with allergies to fruit and vegetables. Doctors have seen the numbers rise by as much as five times in five times in some areas of the country, putting children at risk of asthma. Experts, you know this big new priesthood, experts fear the rising tide of intolerance to fruit and veg could be a new peanut allergy, which affects one in 50 children. Symptoms of the new phenomenon known as oral allergy syndrome. I love how they just make up these things up there. They must have Merlin the magician there going through his old books. And they're all parting it. Oh, what's wrong with you? You look like death. Oh, I've got oral allergy syndrome which includes swelling in the mouth and throat, which is, in the worst cases can lead to severe breathing difficulties. It can also lead to death when you can't suck any air through. <laughs> the syndrome is linked to hay fever, a seasonal condition. But because fruit and veg are consumed all year round, the effect is more debilitating. No kidding. We're, we're allergic to our food suddenly. Oh, where is Sherlock Holmes when you need him? We need a rocket scientist to figure this one out. Dr. Pamela Ewan, an allergy consultant at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge, said cases of oral allergies to fruit and veg were rising, particularly amongst children. Well, what have they had more than anyone else? Well, they've had all these special inoculations that they start off as soon as they're out of the womb. What, is, what injections and inoculations do? They alter your immune system and your immune response to things. Okay. Could that be a factor? Could it Secondly, could it secondly be the food itself has been altered? Hmm? Let's get the best detectives on the planet to, to try and figure this out, shall we? Hmm? It says it's a bit like the peanut was epidemic of the 1990s. Fruit and vegetables are becoming the epidemic. Fruit and vegetables are becoming the epidemic now. In terms of numbers, fruit and veg are the new forms of peanut allergy. She added, we think fruit and vegetables are healthy, which they mostly are, but you can be allergic to them. And I'll go on with more of this particular topic after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
this is cutting through the matrix, reading an article about the, you know, the suddenness of everything. Everything's sudden today, isn't it? We suddenly have autism across the planet, just, just skyrocketing, and we suddenly have allergies to all these foods and fruit and veg after they've all been genetically modified hmm? and soaked with all kinds of weird chemicals made by the much industrial complex because that's who runs the big chemical agencies. But to go on with this article here, it says, and I'm glad it's a specialist now. You know, most doctors who aren't really too great get passed off to be specialists in allergies. It's an easy job because they haven't got a clue outside of the few things they can look at. So they tend to get sidelined off into that. So you would never come up with any really astonishing documentation or anything. So here's one here telling us, she says, we think fruit and vegetables are healthy. Here you are, folk, are, they can't breathe anymore. Which they mostly are, she says, but you can be allergic to them. Early on when we first picked is up, when we first picked is up, it passed off as not being serious. It began with fairly mild itching in the mouth. Itching in the mouth, eh? But now we're seeing people who are getting really severe throat closure, a significant swelling at the back of the throat, which can impede breathing. Well, yeah, it can kill you. Figures are hard to come by, but in South Wales, for an instance, it says the numbers being diagnosed have gone up from one in every 100,000 of the population to five in just six years. Okay, what's changed in six years? Muriel Simmons, chief executive of the charity Allergy UK, said, What is happening is that people who have had hay fever also react to fruit and vegetables items. So it's your fault, so you're really prone to hay fever. There's your spin by a charity, no doubt another a foundation. You see. And then they're going to say, Well, at the moment, birch pollen is very much around, and people with this allergy may have trouble with apples, pears, tomatoes and celery because of the cross-reaction with the pollen. What never happened before six years ago? Huh? Huh? <laughs> this doesn't happen to everyone, but 20, 25% of the population having hay fever up to that number could have oral allergy syndrome. That would make it all year round. So we're looking for perpetual allergies now. They'll probably turn around eventually and say the same thing when you end up with autism or ADHD with uh, inoculations. Well, you see, you, you had defective genes. Otherwise, you know, you'd like all the other ones out there. They'll blame you. But they certainly will not go into the cause of it, because they know at the top, above this class here, they, they know it's causing it. It's skyrocketing up 40-odd percent, that article read last year. 40-odd percent in a couple of years. It's a mystery, isn't it? Isn't life just a big mystery? <laughs> and before I take callers, I want to mention something here about how we go through this Punch and Judy show as a house will go into Congress or Parliament or whatever, waving the left-hand sign, the corona, or the right-hand sign. You know, it depends what, what particular party they're playing with and they fulfill their part of the agenda Bush Jr. was sent in to help bring in his daddy's vision his daddy who announced the coming of a new world order in 1990 then 91 both on September 11th which is a coincidence of course and then <clears throat> younger George 
his job was to react the way Goring suggested, a strong stance on terrorism from within. And before you know it, you're all under suspicion and you have no rights whatsoever. You're basically under martial law. And they couldn't hit you with more things at that one time because they wanted to standardize the planet. The U.S. was financing the takeovers of the Middle East, doing all the work, providing the manpower supplies and so on. So they didn't want to give you all, all the carbon taxes at the same time. And then when George was ready to move out, then they bring down the economy because it was right on time to bring in the IMF and the World Bank and bring them up to their proper position as it was designed to do, according to John Maynard Keynes, who designed it at Bretton Woods. He was a main architect, as like they call it, mason behind it. And so Obama's in now, and he's signing all the international laws that were postponed during the Bush era, only postponed to make George look good and let him get away with having his war on terror, to implement the machinery to control us all. That was his job. This article here is from The Telegraph. It says, U.S., I love how they collectively put you all in, all you people who had a vote on this, right? U.S. declares greenhouse gases a threat to public health. This is a legal declaration, remember? Remember the wars on things? The wars on terror, the wars on drugs, the wars on poverty? That always have an opposite effect. America has signaled a fundamental shift in its stance on global warming. Fundamental shift, you see. With a declaration from the Obama administration that greenhouse gases are a threat to public health. 20th of April, 2009. It says here, a statement issued by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is expected to pave the way for new regulations of cars. Now, I've gone through Agenda 21 for the U.N. It's all on target. For cars, power plants, building sites, and factories by identifying carbon dioxide and five other gases as pollutants. We all breathe out carbon dioxide, folks. And this is not about the factories. The factories are primarily now in China, where the working classes. So the environmental groups applauded it. It's a landmark decision. The environmental groups all set up and funded by the foundations owned by the world bankers. The parallel government, as they call themselves. So their trained SEALs applauded the landmark decision that allowed Barack Obama to meet his call for a low-carbon economy. But industry groups warned that the so-called endangerment finding could endangerment finding, endangerment finding, could cripple the struggling U.S. economy. Well, they couldn't hit you all that when Bush was in, as I said. But we'd make it ticked off and pull some troops back from Iraq or somewhere. So that's how we till Obama came in. That's just how they play the game. It's all one-party system. And then it goes on, America is the world's biggest producer of greenhouse gases, but under the Bush administration, Washington consistently downplayed the threat from global warming and stalled the EPA finding. Now, I've gone through the whole history of global warming, including the guys who dreamed up the idea at the Club of Rome when they printed it in their own book, The First Global Revolution. Go and get it. Read up for yourself. They were looking for a way for controlling all the public of the planet, uniting them in a common war, and they picked on the idea of global warming. They dreamed it up, that think tank funded by the big foundations and the Ara Foundation themselves. The EPA decision, which is subject to a 60-day public review, does not automatically trigger new carbon rules. It's all going to hit you in the pocket. But will allow the government to push ahead with regulating greenhouse gases under federal clear air laws. 
This is that they're spraying you like bugs every day with some darned air force that uh, won't take recognition for doing so. Do you realize we're living in Disneyland? And they're using old guilt techniques to make us think we're all the problem. We are the problem. Religion ran worlds for thousands of years with guilt. And they're using the same techniques. It's all your fault. You breathe. You have to heat yourself. You're the problem. That's why they always use what's worked before. And this green agenda is a religion that was set up to be so. Gorbachev talked about it in his own book. He said, we're creating a new world religion. And it would be based on a form of earth worship. But every religion has its high priests, you see. Well, they're supplied to you. These experts who can look at the sky and diagnose to the molecule and the thermal unit how much global warming there is. You don't need their crystal balls. These guys are experts. Merlin's all. The EPA said rising levels of greenhouse gases are the unambiguous result of human emissions and are very likely the cause of the observed increase in our average temperatures and other climatic changes. Rot. Because all the other scientists, and even NASA itself, said that the Earth's in a cooling phase. But they won't back off, and I've said that before. If you're standing up to your neck in snow, this, is, this must be, we'll go ahead, and they'll tell you, you better believe you're living in global warming. Because there's no other plan. This is the plan. It will serve its purpose until they no longer need to use it or the excuses. So man-made pollution is the cause of global warming. It's compelling and overwhelming, it says. As the Austin emissions from motor vehicles contribute to climate change. It says it's, <clears throat> this decision was prompted by a Supreme Court decision in 2007 in which the court said the government could restrict heat-trapping gases under the Clean Air Act if the EPA found them to be a danger to public health and welfare. Stop the spraying. We'll be a lot healthier. Stop altering the weather. There's a, I've got a link somewhere to do with um, owning the weather. The first one was very good at all the clips from the U.S. military saying, talking about owning the weather. And it's, uh, it's been taken down, I think. There's another one up here. I have gone right through above sea and put the link up tonight. You can see it for yourself. They own the weather. But this article just goes on and on and on, getting public ready. You know, then it brings on all the big foundations, these gurus, these Merlins, Joe Mendelson, global warming policy director. Global war- you don't have a global warming policy director at the National Wildlife Federation. You know, the one that Prince Philip's into. Described the guy that said, well, it depopulate the planet, you know. Described the decision as a historic and game changer for climate policy that will have political and po- uh, policy repercussions domestically and abroad. Oh, boy, is it ever. Your life is going to be ruled from birth to death through this environmentalism and saving the planet. Because as the Club of Rome said, if we make the people think that they're the cause of something, which they'll pick, they've picked as global warming, they can rule you and everything you do, everything is energy. Everything is energy. I will fit right in with the depopulation agenda, which is out in mainstream newspapers now, bringing down the population by all and every means possible, even though it's already been dropping for since World War I, actually. 
in a lot of the Western countries. Immigration is only reason it seems to be overcrowded. This is how it really works. This is how it really, really works. Plato's cave. They give us a new one every time. And most folk just parrot what they're given. Never question it. But the worst thing, of course, is grabbing the children. Grabbing the children and initial indoctrination, as Bertrand Russell said, will ensure they'll never break free of their conditioning for their entire lives. Ideology and policy has been taught now in kindergarten. Political ideology to children. <clears throat> now we'll go to Sean in Utah. Are you there, Sean? Yeah, I'm here. Yes. How are you doing tonight, Alan? Not bad, under this uh, sprayed and very rainy sky. <laughs> oh, good. good to speak with you again. Uh, going along the lines of the uh, population, the uh, population control, I'm looking at uh, foreign affairs from October 1972. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this chapter here, uh, they talk about the uh, book Limits to Growth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they say it's sponsored by the Club of Rome, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I own that book, The Global Revolution, and it's just fascinating. But it's really interesting to see what they say um, yeah. just about how even, you know, back then they were projecting. And like you always say, they have everything covered. Yeah. Um, they thought out every scenario, and it's just interesting that they say, if I could just read a sentence here, mm-hmm. um, the fearsome growth of population increasing at a rate that doubles every 30 years. And this is in 1972. Yeah. Um, but it says right here that uh, aluminum, uh, 31 years, it has a timetable for all these, and uh, natural gas, 22 years. But I just thought that was interesting that mm-hmm. it even mentions, even with the uh, breaking effect of birth control, literally said in that book uh, they looked around for a way to unite the planet under a warfare technique with a common enemy and they picked man himself as the enemy they said that if we can convince man that they're causing uh, atmospheric changes that would fit the bill that was their, that's the term they used that would fit the bill right that's exactly it I've, I've read that yeah. over and over and just but I, I thought this was an interesting uh, psychological yeah. uh, mind trick that they played here and it also tells you, yeah, it shows you too how long they've set up the machinery. We have, we've been living with the machinery in motion for this particular time now. It's been rolling 30 years, a steady increasing drumbeat into global warming, climate change and pollution, etc. Because that's the agenda for controlling all our lives. You see, whenever we even hear about things or start to hear about things in a conscious fashion, uh, it's already implemented conditioned us and prepared our minds to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a this is a good one though, Alan. It says the Club of Rome, an international invisible college of seventy scientists and specialists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just admitting right there that That's what they used to call the Rosicrucian Lodge was the invisible college. Yeah, that's just that, amazing. That it, yes, eventually a, a world would be run by experts who would be scientists. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, right. I appreciate your work. I'll be sending a check along shortly, and uh, take care of yourself, and keep fighting the good fight. And thanks for calling. And there's Rico from Toronto. Are you there, Rico? How you doing, Alan? Not so bad. Not so bad. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was calling you um, Friday. I'm because I'm, I'm, I'm in Toronto, right? So yeah. Friday, I'm, I'm driving down. I'm going to see my friend North Shore, Borderline Markham, mm-hmm. and it's maybe about seven. So the sun hasn't gone down yet. Yeah. I just see a plane with a big chemtrail, and, and I looked up in the sky when I came off the highway, mm-hmm. and I just saw lines everywhere. Yes. Everywhere, and it was a plane still in the sky, like spraying. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> it, it was it was crazy. And and today my sister comes in. She's like, oh, my friend uh, works out uh, something like four times a week, and she says she's always tired. She says mm-hmm. she works out like three or four times a week. She says she's always tired. You know what I mean? Yep. So yes. it's, it's, she's like, where's that coming from? Yeah. Right. Where's I know. That, I, like, mm-hmm. I get that a lot. A lot of people call me over the years, and Chicago was getting heavily sprayed uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were tired. Everybody would call me, but it's just lethargy. They'd have to go to sleep during the day at times. Mm-hmm. So that's one side effect of the spray. But I also know people in uh, Air Canada, flight crew, who say the major spraying is over all the cities across the world now. Okay. This major cities, that's where the worst is, you know. I, I Hang on, I'll be back with the... I'll be back with more. Just hang on after this break. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. uh, And Rico has another question. Is it still there, Rico? Hello, Rico. I almost never watch TV, right? Yes. Last week uh, for the little uh, holiday that they had. I went to go visit my sister so in Montreal. So I, I, I was like watching TV just for a quick sec. And uh, this program was coming on and they were talking about television and stuff like that. And the guy said something that it was so uh, disingenuous. Like he, he goes like this, he goes how the lens, the TV, like the camera lens, reflects the truth. And I was like, that's not true. The lens yep. reflects whatever you want it to reflect for your agenda. That's right. That's right, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it is that's very, very true. Yeah, yeah that, that's it, not true. It's also, you see, the condition that probably is very true. That's what Brzezinski said, um, that through various means of media and technology, they would exp- they'd convince the public mm-hmm. to um, expect that the media itself will do the reasoning for the public. And it's true, we don't think to a reason ourselves. It's like the Wag the Dog movie, an excellent movie. It shows you how cons are done mm-hmm. with television, etc. And the, and the famous statement there is, see, it must be true, it's on TV. So, so it's quite right, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, after you mentioned it, I checked out that movie Brazil. Yeah. And, and I don't even see that as, as a comedy. It just seems like, wow, this is what they're real life now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a comedy, you know. Um, that it's real life. Uh, yeah. It was scary, scary. Even when they, yes. they put him in the, um, the Pentagon prison, and they were just watching him, and, and yeah. he literally like went into his mind to escape the nightmare. 
Yeah, he was, was telling you that's the only escape you have. That is because the ultimate goal, just like 1984, mm-hmm. is to conquer your mind. If they can conquer that last bit of spirit and will in you, then they believe that they have total control. That gives them an incredible kick. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, I just wanted to bring those two points up, and uh, um, I'll, you know, I'll be listening and calling in again. So thank you very okay. much. Ron. Thanks for calling. You take care. And there's Ronnie from California. Are you there, Ronnie? Uh, what's up, Alan? How you doing? Not so bad. First off, I, you know, I definitely thank you for your um, search for truth and, and you know all the all the research you've done and everything you've uh, everything you've done over the years. Um, I just I got some I, I got some bad news. I guess I hate to put it that way. Um, I really don't believe that we're ever gonna, you know, um, I don't think there's any going back anymore. I think we're in the system and it's over. You know, the battle was fought and, and it's done. Uh, I don't think we're ever gonna, I think, the, you know, the New World Order will succeed. I mean, because I, I think they've, they've already succeeded. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. When you, they're, when they're prepared, they're, as Pike said, Albert Pike says, we never begin a premature revolution. You, you, you just likening it to a garden or a farm. You've got to prepare that field in many different ways before you plant the seed. And that's what they do. They prepare our minds for generation to generation. And there, there is no opposition, no, no real genuine opposition. You see, you can't go back to the past because they've already taken all of the institutions away from you. Right. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and, and uh, like... You know, and, and the more it's coming out, and the more I'm seeing this elite, like I just discovered this, this amazing thing, and I've never yeah. seen it before. Uh, it, it's on iTunes, man. The CFR, they have podcasts. The, 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 yeah. National, the Institute for International Studies or whatever has podcasts. And these elites, like, but, but it is the end of the show, though. But I, I'll, actually, you're right enough that podcasts you can listen to from the CFR. But from Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada. It's good night. I mean, your God or your God's go with you.